This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 48, recorded April 13th, 2011. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Welcome to this week in Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson. Yes, you are. Oh. I wasn't that funny. Uh, and we are uh, recording this episode of Prairie Room Companion. Uh, they're in the fifth week of, of Lent, moving quickly towards um, Holy Week, which of course begins this Sunday, Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. So Father, you, uh, you have a full slate of, with Masses there, the, the long Palm Sunday Mass at the, at the Newman Center in Parish. Well, I mean, I don't know if the, it's a long gospel. I don't know if the mass itself will be long because the instruction actually says that a brief homily may be given. May be given. So, brief homily may be given. So, does that? What does that may mean? Do you think there? Uh, well, I don't know. It's either, well, actually, I should correct myself. Maybe I'm thinking Good Friday. I think you are. To be oh, okay. Let's let's. Uh, Father and I both have the liturgical texts. Flipping, flipping, flipping. Uh, in front of us. Ah, yes, uh, it, it, right here in the uh, sacramentary itself. Uh, after the Passion, a brief homily may be given. There you go. So, keep, keep it short, Father. Is that what you're doing? Apparently. Apparently. No, yeah, I probably will. I mean, I just, it makes sense to me. And, I mean, the gospel itself is beautiful and good and um, and by the way, also on Good Friday, it says that after the reading of the Passion, there may be a brief homily. Right, right. So does that mean it may be a brief homily, or you might do a long homily, or hey. It may be a brief homily, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, no, 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 I'll, I'll do a brief homily, so it'll be like 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, <laughs> wow, things are different up north here in the diocese, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, I, how much do you love Jesus, Dr. Bergwald? That's all I'm trying to say. I, I love Jesus a lot. It's the priests I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so what Father and I, we were talking about, we were doing, of course, Holy Week, we're culminating with the Sacred Triduum, the Holy Three Days, uh, beginning Holy Thursday evening, concluding Sunday evening, Easter Sunday evening, um, really the high point of the liturgical year, uh, and therefore the high point of the year, frankly, for us as Catholic Christians. Um, we're going to talk about and it's actually the high point of the year for everyone else. They just don't know it. Yes, that's right. Um, I mean, not, not for lack of us trying to tell them. No, because we do that so well. Um, we thought we'd talk about the Triduum next week, but we, that, that today we're going to focus a little bit on, again, the first day of Holy Week, which is um, Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday. Uh, focus in. Focus. 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 Um so this this Sunday we really see Father the sort of it runs the gamut of the events it summarizes in many ways the events that this whole this week this Holy Week celebrates the Holy Week begins as we read the the Gospel accounts with Jesus entering in triumph into the holy city of Jerusalem and it ends with him dying on the cross on Friday being laid in the tomb and then of course rising on on Sunday morning. Um, oh, that's not part of the Palm Sunday reading. I know. I know. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but that's Holy Week. But at most of it, except for the end, there is. Um, summarized and exemplified, encapsulated, not just by the passion narrative that we read, but yeah. really in many ways by the the, uh, the the rites of this Mass, the things that distinguish this Mass from the other Masses, Sunday Masses, even during Lent. 
Right. From the from the prayers themselves to the uh, the vestments, uh, instead of the uh, Lenten purple or rose, we have uh, the red uh, for the passion. Right. That's right. I'm glad. Uh, you know, and frankly, I forgot about that, so I'm glad you mentioned that. The red for the passion. Um, and of course, it, this it begins. Um, you know, it's called Passion Sunday because of the reading, or Palm Sunday because of, of the, the beginning of the palms at the beginning. So um, there are three. The, the, the mass begins unusually something different with the commemoration of Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem, and there there are different options that the priests can choose uh, for this commemoration. So there's a procession, or there's a solemn entrance, or there is a simple entrance. Um, Father, just the years that you've been a priest, have you managed to experience all three different, or is there one that you've, that either you, whether an associate pastor or now as pastor, that you've tended to, um, to follow, or how have you, how have you done this, is my question, I guess. Uh, I've done it a couple different ways. Um, now, uh, like we, uh, as far as the procession goes, I don't know if I've technically done uh, the procession, in as much as um, like the instructions say, you assemble in a secondary church or chapel, or in some other pseudo place distinct from the church to which the procession will move. And so, like here at the Newman Center, we meet out in the lounge, which is distinct. <laughs> and there is movement, certainly distinct. I don't know if it's necessarily separate from, or like in uh, our parish in White, we meet down in uh, the basement. Okay. And then go up. And so, uh, which, I mean, again, has that notion of movement and procession. Right. And, uh, and, and people like that. And, uh, but I've also just done, like, the simple entrance as well. So I don't know if I've technically done um, the solemn. A, a solemn procession. Right. Actually, it's just called procession as opposed to solemn entrance. Oh, okay. 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 Um, For those of you scoring at home. So... So when you've done the, the procession, the, the where you meet somewhere else, come in, people just usually go into their pews, or how have you, out of curiosity, how have you done that? Well, which one? Which pardon? The the one, one, the one simple procession. No, the what in in the text that I have is just called the procession, where you meet what you yep. read. Um, so yeah, on that one, like then we'll just go like I'll lead them, and then we'll all just file into our pews. We usually be singing a hymn. Okay. Um, as you move and uh, and go in there and uh, and start the mass, then as uh, prescribed in the book. So yeah, so it's interesting because uh, you know oftentimes and, and the, some ways I've experienced it, um, you'll have a procession and, and, and maybe the, the the priests will be actually at the back. Or the priest will be at the back of the church sometimes for for the the opening this commemoration of the Lord's entrance. That would be more probably the solemn entrance. Okay, okay, there you yeah. go. So uh, the procession cannot be held outside the church. The commemoration of the Lord's entrance may be celebrated before the principal mass with the solemn entrance, which takes place within the church. Uh, the faithful holding branches assemble either in front of the church door or inside the church. The priests and ministers with the representative group of the faithful go to a pseudo place in the church but outside the sanctuary so that most of the people will see the right. And then they do everything else uh, like in the solemn procession. Uh, and uh, uh, then they, uh, after the gospel passage and the blessing, uh, the priest moves uh, into through the church to the sanctuary. Okay, there you go. 
Yeah. And then it continues in the in the usual way. So yeah, this is one of the interesting things. Mass begins not the very first thing, but one of the first things with uh, a reading from the gospel. But before we get to that, though, uh, Father, there's this prayer that the uh, well, actually, it's not a prayer. This introduction that the priest gives uh, that I'd like to read and then just talk a little bit about. Dear well, friends, you can't read it unless you're a priest. Well, I I can I can read. This isn't mass. I can oh. pretend I'm a father. <laughs> okay, you read it. Fine, fine. You read it, father, no. priest. No. Okay. All right. No. Dear friends in Christ, for five weeks of Lent, we have been preparing by works of charity and self-sacrifice for the celebration of our Lord's Paschal Mystery. Today, we come together to begin this solemn celebration in union with the whole church throughout the world. Christ entered in triumph into his own city to complete his work as our Messiah, to suffer, to die, and to rise again. Let us remember with devotion this entry which began in his saving work and follow him with a lively faith. United with him in his suffering the cross, may we share his resurrection and new life. So just a couple of things from Father that, that struck me, strike me about this. So we have this sort of summary. For five weeks we've been preparing celebrate the Paschal Mystery. And to, to, we come together to begin this solemn celebration. And it, so it begins, you know, Palm Sunday. It begins with Jesus's, we recall um, in a very ritualistic way, and then the, the narrative, or the gospel reading we were about to read, um, that Jesus entered in triumph into his own city to complete his work as our Messiah, which was to suffer, die, and rise again. And I think we're just so used to it, but we should allow ourselves, particularly I think at this time, to be struck by that. That Jesus enters into triumph in Jerusalem, and a few days later, he's dead on the cross. Very much that uh, that whole exchange, though, occurs so often just in our Christian life in general, you could say. You know, we praise him one moment, we loud him next one, mo- one moment, and the next moment... We uh, crucify him. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> um, so that's that's a really good point, Father. That you say that though. I mean, it's easy for us, I think, sometimes to well, what the heck were they thinking? I mean, no, the one day they're doing it, and then the next day they're doing. It. But we we do that all the time. Sometimes on the same day. So exactly, in the same hour. In the same hour, even absolutely. Um, so let us remember with devotion this entry which began his saving work and follow him with a lively faith. So just, of course, a, uh, a reminder for us to really enter into um, the, the, this Holy Week and, and beginning with, with this, this Passion Sunday Mass, um, to enter into this with a lively faith. United with him in his suffering the cross, may we share with his, his resurrection and new life. Is there anything, Father, in that particular, those words that, that strike you that we haven't talked about? Well, I think uh, this whole idea of let us remember with devotion. I think it calls to mind the fact, I think sometimes we can confuse devotion and emotion Ooh. in our worship. And we can think, well, if, if, my, if my emotions aren't being stirred by someone else, by the music, by the swelling, by the readings, whatever it would be, um, then I'm just not, it's just not good prayer. But whereas, in a certain sense, devotion is uh, can be applied by us in the sense of our intensity of how we put ourselves into the prayer, make ourselves available to the prayer, make ourselves uh, attentive to it. And so I think that's just an important and beautiful note uh, to see on that introduction. Right. Absolutely. So then we have the blessing of the branches, uh, the palm branches, um, 
with the prayer and holy water. And then there is, again, I alluded to it before, um, <laughs> a gospel reading. Why the heck is there a gospel reading here? Why do you hate the gospel? Oh, it's just so boring. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the gospel, uh, right, Lord, uh, Father? Lord, wow. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Um of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So whatever form of commemoration you're using um, that's being used at mass, this Mass, um, the, the Gospel reading is always of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, right? That's correct. That's correct. Um, and so the- oh, although actually, I, think, I believe in a simple entrance, uh, which can replace, which can be used in the non-principal Masses of a parish, the Gospel passage is not read. Okay. All right. Good to, good to know. So if you go to Mass and this gospel, the, the, the account of Jesus' triumphant, triumphant entry into Jerusalem is not read, don't be worried. It's, you're just, you didn't go to the principal Mass, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. So, so anything else, Father, about the, uh, this, this commemoration uh, which we, with which we begin the Palm Sunday Mass that you want to comment on? No, I, well, I think one of the beautiful things about it, too, is that it um, it speaks in, I think, in a unique way to the be- beauty of of liturgy, again, of, of the Catholic vision of worship that involves the whole person in this sense, and that you're worshiping with your feet, you're worshiping with your hands, holding the palm, mm. right? Um, uh, your feet walking uh, in this procession, okay? Your voice uh, physically worshiping in that singing, in that sense, and so it's just a, I think a good reminder in that in that way that you're taking part in something that is that goes on in all eternity, right? And that will go on in all eternity in that sense right. of the uh, fullness of human worship, not just a spiritual worship, but a, a human human worship that's been leavened by spirit and truth. Now, at the same time, just because you're holding the palm branch doesn't mean you're praising God, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, always that kind of internal tension in that regard, that I need to make sure that my prayer, my praise, my efforts are an integrated, a full human effort. Right. Body and soul together. Body, soul, and spirit, yes. And spirit. And spirit. So, um, so after the commemoration, uh, with the, the first two forms, um, that you as the priest just go to, I think, do you do venerate the altar, don't you? Um, yes, you always venerate the altar. But then you just go um, to to your chair and... Uh, Let us pray. And, right, and so it goes right to the opening prayer. So there is no Kyrie, there is no uh, penitential, penitential right at all, uh, certainly no Gloria, um, um, but it moves right into the opening prayer um, and then the readings. Uh, anything from... Either the opening prayer or the uh, the first reading, psalm, or second reading that you want to comment on. Well, just maybe a general structural note would just be that in this way, it then starts to imitate uh, Good Friday in a sense. Because um, the Good Friday service, which is not a holy day of obligation, um, begins without a penitential, a typical penitential, right? Although there is the prostration in prayer and silence. And straight to the opening prayer. Um, but it's also just maybe calls to mind the fact that, you know, Holy Thursday, Good Friday aren't holy days of obligation. Right. 
So you're under no pain, no obligation to go to those masses. Um, and so, uh, in some ways, then the Passion uh, Sunday, Palm Sunday, uh, definitely tries to touch on both of those aspects. Right, and uh, we had touched on that briefly before uh, when we were talking about the, this episode before recording. That you know, I think sometimes you and I might forget because obviously you're celebrating all these liturgies, uh, and I try to participate in them. But if you're not able or don't choose not to go to the Good Friday uh, liturgy. It's this is Palm Sunday is when you hear the the Passion account. That's uh, another sort of commonality between obviously between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. So, um, anything else from that, or do you want to move? On? Actually, one thing that I, I you know Psalm twenty two is the psalm um, that that we use here, uh, and it's it's got Jesus's words on the cross. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Obviously. Um, we're moving towards um, the the passion account that we're about to read, but I think it's sometimes you know when we think about the readings, we sort of in our minds at least skip over Isaiah, Psalm 22, and the reading from Philippians. Um, but obviously, they're all leading up to the passion account. Very much so. I mean, uh, so the Psalm 22 is that uh, prayer of posture of the Holy One of God entering into uh, suffering. And despite in the suffering, yet having faith and confidence in God and his salvation. And then uh, Philippians as well, expressing the, the mindset of Christ and how, uh, and how he uh, embraces the poverty of our humanity uh, when compared to the glory of uh, his divinity. Right. Uh, his humility becoming man, um, his obedience even to the point of death, death on a cross. Uh, but then on the other hand, the fruit of that, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name above all names. Um, so, yeah, and then, we, and then we come, of course, to the passion of our Lord. So I think on Good Friday, correct me if I'm wrong, Good Friday is always from John, it's always John's account uh, of the passion. But the Palm Sunday gospel is either from Matthew, Mark, or Luke, I believe, depending on what liturgical year you're in. And so this year, we're in year A, so it is Matthew's account of the Passion. Uh, go ahead. I, no, I, you, you are correct, sir. So there's the, uh, and this is, you know, it's, it's, it's um, between, I think, I think Palm Sunday and Good Friday are the only times that I recall during the year when we have... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. This this the unique form of the gospel proclamation in which you have different lectors. Uh, well, you can have. You don't have can to. Have. Okay, can have. So uh, certainly uh, the, the 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 priest, uh, but also a narrator, maybe voice, and then the the congregation um, uh, on occasion has things to say as well. Um, do you? I don't know, Father, the history of. Of that unique form of, of saying pro- proclaiming the passion, do you have any idea? Uh, no, I do not know historical realm that way. Uh, that might be a curious, thing, interesting thing to look up. But anyway, so it begins. Um, uh, it, it begins actually on Holy Thursday night when um, Judas, uh, the whole thing with Judas at the at the Last Supper, and he he leaves, and then it mo- moves through the entire account. So in Matthew's Gospel, starts in chapter twenty six, verse fourteen. And moves all the way through the passion, death, well, passion and and death, uh, all the way up to um, Jesus's burial um, 
in in the 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 tomb the new tomb new tomb um, in chapter twenty seven. Um, so it's certainly I think what most a lot of people think about it. It's a long reading. Uh, why why do we have to hear so much about Jesus's passion and death, Father? Do we really have to sit here and listen to the details of our salvation? <laughs> well, I heard it last year, for goodness sake. I mean, what's what's the big deal? Uh-huh, and how quickly you forgot it. Indeed. Have you sinned since last year? Um, I think so. Well, I don't think you learned it then. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead. That's, that's, I mean, kind of, I mean, I'm don't mean to sound flippant that way, but I think that's a good serious reason why to read it every year. Um, and also because, I mean, it's it's the Word of God. Why not read it? I mean, why not adore it? Why not enter into um, the mystery of Scripture? And I think, as I mean, to, to my own take on, on your response, I mean, it, this is, these are... The def- these are the moments in which we, each one of us, every one of us, were saved. These are the events by which um, we're saved from our sins, from damnation. Uh, and so why not, and again, going back to your comments about devotion, uh, with those opening words from the priest, um, with, with, with lively faith. We're not just, they're not just being read, we're really called to enter into... Um, the the passion account and to see it for what it is the 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 means by which the acts by which Jesus Christ redeemed each one of us and every one of us. Correct. Yeah, I mean it's it's again why why do you not want to? What right. don't you like about the uh, saving death and resurrection of our Lord that you don't want to read it? Exactly. And now, okay. please go ahead. Some people might argue on a certain level of. Uh, uh, it being too long or maybe too intense for young years or something like that. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's nothing more intense than any movie. And if it's too long, you know, maybe for you because of health reasons, whatever it might be, sit down. Absolutely. And so, in fact, I know some parishes, I mean, and certainly it's permitted. The people sometimes, the congregation sometimes invited to sit down for the reading. Yeah. Uh, I used to say that if, uh, for whatever reason, you're not able to remain standing for the whole reading, you're welcome to sit. Uh, yeah. So, and I think another way, I mean, in terms of the uh, the, the multi part pr- proclamation, um, of course, the crowd, we the people, um, we get we get the good parts of of uh, crucify him, exactly. crucify him. But that's that's the reality again, though. That's the reality that by our sin, by the sins that I have to make it not our person, the singular, not this I, one, but Barabbas, by my sins. For my sins, Jesus Christ was crucified. Because of your sins. Because of my sins. So, so it's it's perfectly. <laughs> it really fits with the reality that that the, we should say, "Crucify him, crucify him," because we are each one of us, all of us together, the reason he went to the cross. So, so please. Uh, Another interesting point too, just to go back to the idea that you know, reading the whole reading, um, again, uh, I, you know, kind of made that flippant joke about, well, have you sinned since last year? Well, they need to hear it again. But we, we talk about this on a human level all the time. I don't think anyone would dispute it on a human level that those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. Right. 
And so there's a certain sense of, you know, for who we are as human beings, again, the way our minds work, the way our intellects work, we need to know these things, we need to experience these things. And I think even just the standing while listening adds a different impact to how you hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and remembering maybe on your part the endurance mm-hmm. or the effort that you have to put forth in order to, in order to remain attentive and standing during the long gospel. Right. I mean, some some tiny way in which we can participate in what he did ourselves, as we can with every suffering that we endure, but that we, in a sense, embrace and offer up. Exactly. So, so after that point, however, uh, however, maybe not the right word. Uh, I, I think the the rest of the mass then proceeds as uh, as as normal, a typical mass. Correct. You are correct. There is, during the Eucharistic prayer, the unique uh, preface for this particular Mass, for Palm Sunday. Um, Father, our powerful and ever-living God, we do always and well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Though he was sinless, he suffered willingly for sinners. Though innocent, he accepted death to save the guilty. By his dying, he has destroyed our sins. By his rising, he has re- he's raised us up to holiness of life. We praise you, Lord, with all the angels in their song of joy. And then the, the Sanctus. So I think the, the thing that strike, sticks out to me um, with this preface, though innocent, he accepted death to save the guilty. Um, you know, we know that's true, but so, you know, we're just talking about, okay, why do we listen to this? Well, because it's good to remember. I mean, and, and Jesus died for my sins, for our sins. Um, but he was innocent. You know, and, and we... <laughs> I think to allow ourselves to be struck and, you know, to put it, understate it, disappointed by the fact that an innocent man, the most innocent man, died this horrible and cruel death because of my sins. I mean, we hear about, you know, you know um, innocent people, and we're rightly repulsed when innocent people are wrongly convicted of a crime and spent maybe years in jail or maybe lose their life in the death penalty. Um, we can't allow the fact that Jesus, in a sense, came to die for our sins to take away from the, our, our shock, our horror, our disgust at the fact that he died for my sins even though he didn't commit any. Right, and so there should there should be a uh, uh, displeasure there, a, dis, uh, uh, a sadness. There should be a palpable, real sadness in this way. Um, you know, that's uh, we should we should pray for that uh, sadness of our sins. Pray for the tears of repentance. Right. Uh, pray for that gift of sadness. Pray for those tears of repentance, and uh, uh, in the hopes of um, of growing in that in that regard. Right. Absolutely. So, Father, anything else about the structure, um, in that sense, the contents of the, the prayers of this Mass that that you want to mention? No, not that, not that, not that I can think of off the top of my head. So, long I was in for this podcast. <laughs> so, maybe we could talk just in closing briefly about um, about what our Lord endured then in the passion, in in the reality of what we read. In the passion, um, his suffering and his death. It, it, anything you know? It, there are all sorts of uh, medical accounts that various people, based on what we know, what we read, um, doctors sort of giving their comments. Some really powerful presentations that I've been to. Father, anything um, that that strikes you or that you'd like to share uh, along those lines? 
Well, I, I think I would encourage, as you're talking about there, if you haven't um, uh, read something, uh, a full account in this way or of uh, a medical account of the suffering death of our Lord, uh, it'd, be, it'd be good to do some time to look into that. Um, you know, one, one of the things that I think we don't really appreciate or understand, I think we maybe would be desensitized to it or just far removed from it, but what a horror the cross is, what a horror crucifixion is. I mean, it is a horrible, horrible thing. You know, it's not just like, oh, you know, I guess he was crucified, died. I mean, today for the death penalty, I mean, the effort is to do a humane uh, killing of the person. Right. Right. I mean, we, people forget that the guillotine was seen as an advancement in the humane uh, treatment of those condemned to die because it would kill them quickly and instantly and surely. You know, and same thing that people boast uh, and, you know, of course, one of the most absurd things of all times is when, for lethal injections, they uh, uh, swab the pa- the, uh, the convicted person's skin with alcohol <laughs> so as not to transmit any diseases when they inject him with uh, the poison is going to kill him. But um, so all these things, you know, they're meant to be done. You know, we'd say humanely. This was not humane. No. This was meant. It was designed and figured out to be the most, most, most painful and horrific way to die. You know, they burned some people alive, but that's they said they saved crucifixion for the worst people. Right. And shameful. I mean, often, you know, obviously we don't portray it this way, but oftentimes when when those who were crucified were crucified, they were crucified naked. Just to, I mean, right. not just the physical pain, but just the emotional and the sense, you know, I mean, the, the, that sense of shame, of, of embarrassment, in addition, of course, to the great physical agony. Exactly. Exactly. So that sort of. Um, being uh, uh, not only are your sins being shown to everyone because if you're being crucified, you're being crucified as a, uh, in the Roman view as a insurrectionist, a rebellion uh, in some way gone wrong. Uh, and so that was certainly being exposed. How dare you think that you could oppose the power and might of uh, the Roman Empire? But then uh, even everything, uh, you know, naked is the day you were born. Exactly. Um, naked I came forth from my mother's womb, naked I shall die. Is that Job? I believe so, yep. Um, and the other thing, but and then with our Lord, I mean, not only all of that, but he's abandoned by his closest friends, by the men that he's come to know and love. Betrayed? Betrayed by one of the twelve, and the other, well, ten of the other eleven um, flee at the first sign of trouble, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, John is there at the foot of the cross, but he's the only one. Uh, where's Peter? I'm there anyways. Where, <laughs> where's Peter? Where's where's sorry Andrew? Andrew. Um, where are they? they they're gone. Um, they leave. So again, that that emotional pain that our Lord endured, and of course everything before that, with the scourging, um, the crowning with thorns, uh, the carrying of the cross. Um, it wasn't just the crucifixion, of course, as we know. It was all those other things that, that he had to endure, those other physical torments, emotional torments as well, being rejected by his own people, as, as you mentioned when we were talking about the Passion account. Um, the, the, the chosen people, his own brethren, rejecting him in favor of, of a rebel, an insurrectionist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so just wrapping up then... For, um, Obviously, I know a lot of people will watch uh, uh, the movie The Passion of the Christ. 
um, during Holy Week, perhaps on Palm Sunday, to remember these events. If any, I mean, do you, is that something you do or you recommend, or it's sort of you know if you if you want to or whatever you know? Do you follow? Yeah, if you want to, I think it's 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 fine. Uh, just of course, if you haven't seen it, of course, be aware that there is it is rated R because of the violence and the way the um, violence is portrayed. Uh, I myself am not a huge fan of that uh, sort of devotional watching the Passion of the, Christ, of the right, Christ. Right. Um, mainly just because of that blood and that violence and the way it's portrayed. I think maybe, as you said, you know, maybe reading one of the books, such as you know the um, the uh, medical account of the right. it would are, according to your own temperament. Exactly. Because as, as some people pointed, I mean, the Gospels themselves don't dwell. Um, on on the physical torment and torture that he endured. So, so very good. Uh, well, actually, I actually think a great thing in that way, though, would be to read by yourself on your own all Psalm 22. Okay. Because in that sense, the church gives you everything that happened to our Lord, but just in the form of Psalm 22. You know, they don't go into every, you know, graphic CGI detail. They just, you know, he's, he quotes Psalm 22, you know, Psalm 22, and you read that, and that's everything that he endured. Right. Absolutely. Hmm. So maybe Sunday, this Palm Sunday, maybe at some point during the day, maybe in the evening, um, that might be something to do. Is, uh, go off by yourself, uh, quiet yourself, uh, say a prayer, ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten your mind and your heart, and prayerfully, meditatively read uh, Psalm 22. I would do that, you know, during the Passion Week, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. There you yep. go. Okay. Great. Any any final thoughts, Father? Nope. All right. Well, we will uh, be back next week again. We'll talk about the Sacred Triduum. In the meantime, have a blessed Palm Sunday. God bless.